a from dublin to cleveland production hello and welcome to from dublin to cleveland i'm logan howard i am joined by the one and only brenda thomas merritt how is it going how are you doing today brendan Astro luck. The more times we try and fail to record this episode, the more I lose the will to live. <laughs> for seven tries in, people, we do this for the fans. <laughs> Never you. <laughs> it's, it's the book he's trying to read, folks. The the whoever it is who does not want this read and out and posted. So I don't know who exactly. keeps cutting off his mic, but somebody keeps cutting off his mic because they don't want him to tell the story. <laughs> or you tell yours. Well, <laughs> I don't see why I'm the one who's reading hey, the book then. <laughs> the only reason it's been canceled that every time the one that's been canceled has been your episode where you try to read that book. We haven't tried to read mine yet, so <laughs> just saying. Just saying. I think anyway, has it out for me. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, Brendan has today's sponsor. So Brendan, take it away. Who is sponsoring us today? Okay, friends, today we are being sponsored by our super special, awesome, amazing friends at Wongos. Um, if you have ever stepped on a Lego puzzle, you know there are a few things more painful that can happen to anyone in a first world country. And as for those creepy, flimsy jigsaw puzzles with their cheap cardboard... Have you ever tried to stick a piece somewhere you thought it would and didn't work or broke? Well, what you need is an absolute masterpiece of a puzzle maker. One which will not hurt you if you step in it, <laughs> which I can promise, but let's just assume that's true. And one which will not tear if you try to squeeze it in the wrong place. And that is why we think one goes in the puzzle set for you. They are 100% wooden puzzles, so they'll last forever. Each piece is hand-drawn, so no two pieces are the same. And you'll discover some fun and uh, whimsy pieces as you work through it. Uh, I love them come in the shape of very strange, beautiful and exotic animals, for instance. And they also come in a custom wooden box, which is perfect for storage when you are packing it away after having made your masterpiece, and also for gifting to somebody else. With stunning designs, unique shapes, Wongo puzzles really and truly are a cut above the rest. So what are you waiting for? Go to wongopuzzles.com and bake your puzzle today. Uh, I do have a penchant, I'll be honest, for that salamander, and also for the snow globe. Uh, but you know what? You choose whichever one you think looks best, and be sure to use the promo code from Dublin to Cleveland when you do to get 10% off your order. This is the most fun you've had with a puzzle, guaranteed, or your money back. So that's wongopuzzles.com. And use the code from Dublin to Cleveland to get 10% off your order and get puzzling right away. When you help our sponsors, you help us directly. And we hope you have a super time while making them. All right, Broski, back to you. All right. So as we've been doing is I have been presenting a story uh, that younger little Logan has written. So this specific one was written when I was at the ripe old age of nine years old. So 
you know, could be good. Could be bad. We'll see. It's called A Horse and a Mouse. Very cool. All right. So <clears throat> I will now commence the reading. <clears throat> Just imagine that a horse can talk. I know that sounds crazy, but it's true because I am a horse. <laughs> My name is <laughs> And his, your mic's gone again. <laughs> Can you hear me, Lord Vader? Brendan Thomas should check that their mic or interference is functioning properly, close any non-Suncaster software, and disable browser extensions that might be blocking the audio capture. I've extracted everything non-this-episode-related. <laughs> Okay, it's gone for now. Okay. Will it come back? Let's hope not. All right. Okay, we just need when it comes to the Bible verse, you're going to have to read it because I've had to X out of this. <laughs> and now it's back again. <laughs> but it's just an alert. It hasn't said it's completely gone. So. Okay. We'll assume it's fine. We'll assume it's fine. We'll assume it's fine. Yeah. So, anyway, as we were saying, da 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 da, back to the beginning. Nah. I'm not going to cut this out because I'm annoyed by Zencaster that they keep having to do this to me. <laughs> so you're going to get the whole full of lo- of Brendan being lost and all that. I just don't care. Okay. That's but look at how gracefully I deal with conflict, friends. Don't I do it with a certain measure of stoicism that you all think is so commendable? Aren't you sitting there thinking, wow. They've been filming this for days, and it just keeps on malfunctioning, and he's so peaceful. What is that? It's Holy Spirit. <laughs> it's Christ in me. <laughs> Either that or I'm just too fed up to react. <laughs> All right. Well, anyway, right. from the top, let me hit the music. Let's go. All right. So just imagine that a horse can talk. I know. Sounds crazy. But it's true, because I am a horse. My name is Harris. <laughs> I am a four-year-old stallion. I'm light brown with a white star on my forehead. I belong to a kind, considerate gentleman that people call General George Washington. He's tall, strong, and very athletic. Because he's a leader in the army, I have seen a lot of battles and have done a lot of traveling. In fact, we recently had to travel to Virginia from New York. It was the fall of 1781, and I had spent the last few weeks with a general near Yorktown in Virginia. The American and French troops were bombing Yorktown because Lord Cornwallis and the British troops were there. The British were outnumbered and were quickly running out of food and bullets. I'm going to tell you about the day I met Sam. Sam is my good friend who happens to be a mouse. It has been an exhausting day. I was ready to eat my oats and take a long drink of cool water. And then I was going to lay down on some clean straw for a good night's rest. And I had just gotten my saddle off was about to begin to eat when a skinny gray mouse ran across the top of the stall to my oat bag. Usually, I don't mind sharing, but I was tired and hungry, and I didn't like a mouse stealing my food. I yelled, Hold it! You're not taking any of my food! I won't eat much, said the mouse in his squeaky, quiet voice. Since he was so skinny, I let him have a few bites. Thank you, Mr. Horse. It's been quite a time since I had a good meal, said the mouse. Well, I said, I'm sorry I yelled at you. My name is Harris. What's your name? 
My name's Sam, the mouse said. I was looking for a new home, and this barn looked like a good place to live. Sam explained that his home had been burned down by British redcoats. This afternoon, I saw some redcoats myself, I said. Where, said Sam with a shiver. Are they going to burn down your home too? No, I reassured him. The British won't be bothering anybody anymore. Are you sure of that, asked Sam. Yes, I'm sure. I was outside of Yorktown this afternoon, and they surrendered. The sunshine glittered on the French ships that were out in the water. The French troops stood on one side of the road while under the white flag of the royal family of France. American officers and troops were on the other side of the road flying red, white, and blue flags. The line stretched about a mile long, and the British redcoats came marching out of the town. The band played The World Turned Upside Down. A good song, since there were many times I didn't know if the Americans were going to win. It was an unbelievable sight. I had a hard time standing still. Sam did a little dance and almost fell off the wall. He regained his balance and asked, Did Lord Cornwallis really surrender? I just think that's amazing. Actually, I said, Lord Cornwallis, the British commander, didn't even show up. He sent his second command, General O'Hare, to deliver the sword to General Washington. We were told that Lord Cornwallis wasn't feeling well. I think he was too proud, said Sam. Did General Washington go to Yorktown to find him? No. I said General Washington was too nice. He pointed to his own second-in-command, Major General Benjamin Lincoln. That was good thinking, said Sam. Oh, yes, George Washington is very wise. He's always kind and courteous to others. He treats everyone with dignity and respect. But he was not going to allow Cornwallis to disrespect him. Sam asked, what happened next? I explained how Major General Lincoln had led the British troops out into an empty field and how they had laid their guns down the ground. I saw O'Hare present his sword to Major General Lincoln, and it was tapped as a sign of surrender. Redcoats then began their long trip to New York and eventually back to England. I can't begin to think how life will change now, said Sam. You had an exciting day, Harris. You deserve a good night's sleep. I'm tired. I'm going to rest my head on this pile of straw. Good night, Sam. I said as I closed my eyes and dreamed that night of a new America, a land of freedom and opportunity. Just imagine. The end. So, what did you think of that? (laughs) I think it is a refreshing change to hear someone else complain about the British who isn't Irish or me. (laughs) (laughs) I've basically spent the last two days at work just going on like super patriotic, uber-nationalist, anti-British rants. (laughs) No regrets. (laughs) So, uh, no, that was a... it, it, it's funny, it still surprises me when I hear other nations talking similar vogue. <laughs> <laughs> uh-huh. Well, good. I'm glad it was an enjoyable little story. It wasn't very long, but hopefully uh, entertained you. The uh, nine-year-old Logan did an entertaining job. <laughs> he did. I felt a little bit sorry for the mouse towards the end, though. It's like the horse is like, you know, I'm going to talk to you all about my day. And as soon as he's finished his monologue, he's like, good night. Like, we learn nothing about the mouse. It's like when you meet somebody and, you know, it's like, you know, hi, how are you? And they actually take you seriously and answer. And they never once return the question. I think uh, I'm that horse emotionally abusive. His house burned down. That was all you needed to know about the mouse. And he should have extended the opportunity to grieve, to vent to mourn the loss of his house. 
But no, the horse was like, I have good news, I'm going to talk about my life instead. That's an emotionally abusive relationship. I think, uh, I think someone has to get in there and get the mouse out of that toxic situation. <laughs> well, he did go on to become the Chuck E. Cheese mouse, so he did well for himself. <laughs> Didn't happen in the world of story. How are we to know it's canon? That's all I'm saying. <laughs> All right. <laughs> and dig the background music. Very chirpy. Ah, <laughs> uh, yes. If you haven't noticed in the last couple episodes, we've been trying out background music. If you don't like it, then you can send us an email and we'll actually get an email. But if you <laughs> do like it, you could also send us an email and tell mm-hmm. us why those other people are wrong. Anyway. <laughs> <laughs> Ogun will do anything just to get an email in the inbox. <laughs> I'll log out, log out, and log back in just to get an email. <laughs> it says security <laughs> alert. <laughs> like someone has, someone has, like you know, checked an email from a different device than yours. <laughs> like no, it wasn't me. Really? Ha! Two emails. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, well, anyway, Brendan has a story of his own he'd like to share. So, Brendan, go ahead, take it away. All right. So, I was in Edinburgh recently on holidays. Um, Edinburgh, for those of you who don't know, is the capital of Scotland. I actually thought the capital of Scotland was Glasgow. It was only just before I went I realized it was Edinburgh. And uh, I thought Edinburgh was pronounced Edinburgh. And I only realized I'd been pronouncing it incorrectly. After I arrived, <laughs> I sent everybody I knew a text message asking why they hadn't corrected me. And they said, because we thought you were mock humorously mispronouncing it. And I said, nay. So while I was there, I went into a charity bookshop and found the Chronicles of Narnia, all of them in a big box set for £10. £10. So you bet I bought them, even though I already owned them. And another little gem I found was Spare, but not the Prince Harry version. Not that he even really is like the an official prince or duke anymore. He forfeited the title. But it's called Spare Us. It is a parody. Dun dun dun. A parody of Harry. <laughs> so basically, some chap just sat down and decided to rewrite the book Spare. And uh, just make, like, you know, a mock take of it. So I'm going to read some passages. Now, before some of you actually do send us an email saying, Eh, you shouldn't be complaining about the royal family. Eh, you, you hate people. You're not real Christians. It's a joke. We're doing it to inject some happiness in your day. Get over it, people. <laughs> this podcast isn't published. It's because his audio is broken. Because he enforced that this, <laughs> this must be read. <laughs> yeah if my audio comes at all wonky we know that uh it actually was the lord stopping us from doing <laughs> i've been trying to convince logan it's the other guy who's been sabotaging us <laughs> ah golly all right at last my hard work had borne fruit it was the passing <laughs> ceremony for the army where every new graduate paraded in front of my grandmother. I actually did like her a lot, I'll be honest. 
It was my turn to stand in front of Granny. But she spells very weirdly. G-R-A-N-N-I-E. Rather than Y. I think that's weird. Gorny? <laughs> For Granny. Like Grandma. <laughs> Grandma. Grandmama. She nodded and gave a tiny smile with the corner of her mouth. I was overcome with joy. <laughs> this was the most generous emotional gesture I'd ever seen from her. <laughs> oh, really? <laughs> okay, so he finally sent back to the army. It was quite a forbidding moment. I felt exposed like never before as I climbed up onto the cargo plane that would be transporting me. From now on, there would only be the combined firepower of the entire British military to protect me, as well as 70,000 trained and heavily armed troops. It was like being naked. I crossed my fingers. <laughs> well, I've been there, Harry. Wish. No contents being recorded. Are you having an absolute not a laugh? I'm not. It still seems to be recording. Hopefully it is. Well, we'll we'll just hope it is. We'll see. In warfare, friendships form quickly under intense combat conditions. I knew this was one. You have permission to proceed, I said. Bravo, came the response. Bravo indeed. What pals we were. What repartee. Keep up the good work, dude, I yelled, punching the air. There was no response. They must have been out of radio distance by then. <laughs> Later that day, I met another red-haired soldier, a fellow member of the elite Ginger Corps. I felt we had natural chemistry. He was an Irishman. And I gave him a jolly good ribbing about the history between my family and his nation. <laughs> oh no! Whatever impression you got about your own experience with Britain through Logan's story, friends, you ain't got nothing on us. <laughs> <laughs> they invaded us for nine hundred years. At least we had we had the uh, the courage to do something about it. <laughs> Yeah, if the courage you mean weapons, yeah, nice one. I'm sorry that, you know, they happen to have taken all of those away from us with 1800s. <laughs> and just be like, you know, like, beheaded and hanged all of our strongmen. <laughs> His eyes twinkled, and I could tell straight away we were firm friends. <laughs> Why don't you go and, I'm going to put this more politely than it's in the book, throw yourself off a cliff. He said, and spat on my shoes. I never spoke to him again, but knew we were true chums, wanted <laughs> by our mutual combat experience. After all, that was the kind of camaraderie you got in the army. Dark humor? Hell yeah. That's what we were all about. I chortled as I wiped his flob off my boot and heard him swearing loudly, that is very Irish, as he retreated through the camp, telling everyone I was a tosser. <laughs> what a guy. <laughs> the Irish are among the happiest people on earth, but uh, we are known for having the mouths of sailors, no matter what age we are. Um, later on, 
I attended a fancy dress party, and my presence was mandatory. The theme was tribes and colonizers. Very Pocahontas-like. <laughs> I didn't have a costume, but the last minute discovered a higher place near the party venue. I went very reluctantly, of course. And practically, without thinking about it, almost at random, and with my eyes averted, plucked the first outfit that came to hand, and ended up with a Nazi uniform. <laughs> I remember this being all the newspapers. <laughs> I am that old. Willie and Kate were there, and it was probably their idea, to be honest. I really can't fight them all. In fact, yes, I can recall, and it was definitely their idea. When the story came out that I'd attended a party dressed as a Nazi, <laughs> it provoked a worldwide scandal, it did. Harry the Racist, Harry the Thicko were the headlines. I think people actually loved it, though he was hilarious. I couldn't believe I'd been so stupid. What had I been thinking? I would never, ever bring the family into disrepute ever again. My mates had somehow taught me into going to Vegas. I didn't fancy it at all, of course. I always remember this one being in the tabloids. Spending all that time in giant, ludicrously expensive and gaudy places, filled with inane chatter and wasted money. No thanks! But nonetheless, I caved in at last. One night we found ourselves playing pool with a band of attractive female croupiers. I suggested that we make the game interesting and play strip pool. Within minutes, I was utterly nude. It was all just a bit of fun, and there was lots of guffawing and backslapping. Next day, the pictures were all over the world. It was a giant scandal. Harry the nudist, Harry the thicko, a right royal idiot, said in the headlines. I couldn't believe I'd been so stupid. What had I been thinking? I vowed never, ever to bring the family into disrepute ever again. After all, if one could not count on honour among the scantily clad Las Vegas croupiers, what had happened to the world? <laughs> Alright guys, the Luke's Fair was basically just a prince going on a rant about his first world problems, and the Luke's Sparrows was just a mug take. <laughs> Just showing us that uh, first world problems really and truly are uh, the very definition of not worth the drama. So uh, hopefully that put a smile on your face, gave a little chortle. And uh, yeah, all right, Broski, have you got something uh, of substance to share with us? Perhaps in the word of God, just go for it. <laughs> what was the passage again? First Peter? Five, six to seven. Five, six to seven, of course. First Peter, five, six, and seven. All right, so it says this. Therefore, humble yourselves under the mighty hand of God, that he may exalt you in due time. Cast all your cares upon him, for he cares for you. Amen. So, Brendan, what, uh, what do you get from that passage of Scripture? Oh, wow. You know what? We really do have to remain humble in all our ways before him. Um, when, like our good friend Harry, we do let our bloated sense of self-importance get the better of us, 
we cannot accurately and authoritatively share the love characteristics, qualities, um, and person of Jesus. Jesus is part of the Godhead, the all-creating one. Isaiah tells us that with a three-inch span, basically the span between your index finger and your thumb, he created planet Earth. Revelation tells us he can hold seven stars in his hand if he wants to. Heck, he could hold a whole shebang cosmos in his hand if he wanted to. Um, He's got, you know, fire in his eyes. He is life itself. He maintains life itself. Death could not hold him down because he is life. And yet he became a human. And he took on flesh. And he didn't look... Brad Pitt handsome, he didn't want human beauty to be the main source of of attracting people to himself. Instead, he became a carpenter's son, an immigrant who had to flock to Egypt as a child. Public enemy number one in the religious establishment's eyes. He struggled and suffered with every temptation that there is when he was on the cross. He took on the full extent of human evil on himself. Let's be honest, probably becoming more evil than the devil even (laughs) for those few moments, taking on the entirety of human wickedness, human pain, human suffering, emotional, physical, mental, spiritual. He is all in all. He is life itself. He is goodness itself, absolute goodness. Yet even he was humble enough to become a human because it would please his father and to die a death, a gruesome death, even death on a cross for you and for me. So if the God of all that is would do that for us, we really are without an excuse. Um, if we refuse to show humility towards others. At the moment, I'm watching the uh, TV show, The Chosen. And, um, you know, some people say, eh, it's not the most theologically accurate show ever. It's for entertainment and evangelism. People get over it. <laughs> but in terms of showing Jesus' relationship with people and people's relationship with Jesus, it actually does a phenomenal job. And there are a couple episodes where you really see how the disciples try to, you know, get one up on each other. They try to hold each other's past against one another, or they try to elevate each other, sorry, elevate themselves above the others. And we do that so often at the body of Christ, even in, let's say, you know, church congregation culture. And it's just not on. It's all rooted in pride, which is sin, sin God hates. But actually, if we humble ourselves before our God, knowing that he goes with us and before us and takes up the rear, that he always surrounds us, he never abandons us, but that we move on his timing as per his clock, he is faithful and righteous to do what he said he would do. And what is that? To work all things together for good. So whatever it is that's holding you back, whatever strongholds or footholds, wickedness or anxiety or fear or 
doubt, competitiveness, or I don't bad competitiveness. It can be a good thing. Yeah, having glorious ambition or a belittled self perception, whatever it is, cast on the Lord. Come boldly before the throne of grace and say, Jesus, you took this on your body. You said it is finished. You buried in hell. It makes no sense that I should carry it. So Jesus, I make a decision now to leave this at the cross of Calvary. And I've come to you to find help in time of need. I come to you humbly and boldly for the same thing. You're bold because you're being courageous coming to him. And you're humble because you're coming to him for help. Opposites, but they're reconciled in Christ. And be honest with him. He already knows what you need. He already knows what you want. So, uh, yeah, I hope that resonates with someone and blesses you. What about you, Broski? Ah, yes. Definitely casting all your cares upon him is a is the crux of this section. Because there's uh, our, we're supposed to humble ourselves before God. So putting ourselves uh, in our rightful place um, and lowering ourselves. Because a lot of times we have this attitude of being prideful or arrogant or we're this or we're that. And humbling ourselves before God, realizing that we're just a created being and we're underneath him and he is our Lord and Savior, takes care of all the things that we need to do and we can't correct all the issues that need corrected. Um, humbling ourselves under his hand um, so that, as it says, he'll exalt us in due time. And then not only are we supposed to humble ourselves, we're supposed to cast all of our cares upon him. So all the anxiety, all the issues, all the um, struggles that life comes our way, the what's going to happen in the future, everything that we care about, that we have passionate about, we can cast on him. He, he is in control of all of them. He's in, in good care of all of them. So whether it's, is God going to bring romantically relationships into our lives? If God going to bring the friendships we need into our lives? Of course he is. We can cast our cares on him when we're worried about those things. We can put them on his plate because there's never too many things on his plate. There may be too many things on our plates, but there is never too many things on his plate. So we can cast all our cares on him because he cares for us. He loves us. He genuinely cares for us. Um, I'm sure each and every one of us have people in our lives that we know of that don't genuinely care for us. We also, hopefully all of us, have somebody who do genuinely care about us. Maybe it's a parent, maybe it's a friend, but people who care about us and God cares about us more than even they do. Um, so he loves us, cares for us, will be with us. Um, so today we're supposed to humble ourselves and we're supposed to cast all of our anxieties and worries on him. We live in a world that's very anxious, very um, afraid of things and need friendships and um, therapists and all that stuff that people have and are going on in their lives. And really the person that we need, the hole that we're trying to fill is the one that only God can fill. And so we need him and we need to cast our cares upon him. So that is all I have for today. Um, of course, find us uh, on Facebook from Dublin to Cleveland. Follow us, uh, me at Brendan, or him at Brendan Thomas Merrick, me at Banana Man 17. Uh, <laughs> Who am I? What's my name? Who are you? <laughs> uh, buy a shirt, support am us. I the two way. podcast hosts. <laughs> buy a shirt, support us on there. 
Um, you can, of course, support Wongo. That will help us out as well. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, let's see. I think that's it. Uh, send us an email from Dublin to Cleveland at gmail.com. Do it. Send it right now. He's desperate for those Sitting emails, here. friends. Don't leave them send hanging. It. I am always checking. Always looking. Daily. Hourly. Looking for an email. He has nothing <laughs> to do this time. Every hour on the hour, he's got that <laughs> inbox open. <laughs> oh, goodness. Watch, I'll come back for the summer and it will be just like loaded with emails and I'll be like, <laughs> They listened! <laughs> they obeyed. No, All right, well, hopefully this episode time. went out. Brendan has had some issues with his mic, so hopefully it didn't, like, not That's record right, anything he said. Okay. If it recorded nothing he said, <laughs> and obviously the only parts that were important were what I said. So listen to what I said. <laughs> he's laughing but there's a big chance what he's saying will materialize (laughs) we've had a lot of problems this is like our sixth or seventh time trying to make this episode (laughs) well hopefully you do get to enjoy this one way or another Um, and if not then uh, we've enjoyed it and had a good time so have yourselves a lovely afternoon, evening, morning if you're listening. And uh, of course, check out our other episodes. We'd love to hear from you at from Dublin to Cleveland, gmail.com. Um, and we'll see you all next week. Bye, friends. Cheerio.